A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Segrin Designs, makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. to throw down toward the goal line going up ball tipped in the yes, touchdown Gordon Westerkamp Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest oh baby far side back to throw is Martinez not being chased throws it out a flat Burkhead makes a catch sets a tackle 25-20 Rex Burkhead touchdown Nebraska What's going on, members of the congregation? Thanks for joining us tonight. We got Zach here, and we are joined by my man, Fitz. What's up, buddy? What's happening, Zach? How you doing? You know, I am doing fabulous. There's, uh, you know, just, just living the dream. I watched right, uh, like a- 30 hours of Breaking Bad the last few days, so. That's that's awesome. I was, uh, I've decided I'm going to go back and start watching, again, a lot of uh, Sopranos. So, you know. 23 years later, why not just kind of get back into it? Yeah, you know, so, I've actually never watched that show all the way through. I'm three seasons in, and I uh, I get distracted very easily when I'm watching shows. Well, Except Stranger I Things. Can, I like Stranger Things. If I can create the, the best segue, you know, being distracted while you're driving the Uber all over the place, picking up these recruits isn't a good thing so you keep your eyes on the road 10 and 2 well it's fine no i've got an ipad that's keep... on the top of the steering wheel is it just duct taped on there yeah it's just duct taped to the top of the, my steering wheel oh so you can still uh, you know what as long as you're as long as you've got to take care of you being safe that's what that's what we want now when you pick up the recruits for example i don't know let's say ashley williams do you let them choose what they want to watch or is it just strict? Is it strictly, do you really care about stars for yourself? Or is it more the stars that are in the car? Oh, it's just the nineties highlights on repeat. Nice. Yep. yep. Nice. It's uh, that's kind of what I do. And um, yeah, we just, 
we just watched the 90s on repeat. So, you know, got to give the kids a history lesson nowadays. Nice, nice. So what uh, what did you and uh, Ashley Williams talk about when he uh, when he got in the uh, hype man Uber as we pick up another four star recruit? Yeah, uh, crazy, 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 crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, just talked about how great this staff is and uh, how much they're going to get it flipped around this year and pretty much how coming to Lincoln felt like a second home from uh, from what we're gathering. So he uh, I think he is a huge, huge, huge get for this team because I don't know if they had many edge players in this uh, recruiting cycle, honestly. Well, he'll he'll kind of. Ideally, if we can, you know, look down the line, maybe a year, maybe two years, he's going to bookend uh, with Maverick Noonan, the uh, commit out of Elkhorn South here in the last, what's it, two weeks safely? Well, and also remember Lenhart, too. Cameron Lenhart, he's, uh, he just flipped to uh, Nebraska lean. So they're, they're going to be very, very deep in the edge room here very quickly. Well, and it gives you, it really does kind of cement the idea of what that defense is transitioning to, and you've been high on it. 425, we know they're all DBs. I'll say it for you. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. But it's just, it gives us, for me, it gets you excited a little bit because it's just, in my opinion, been too much just kind of putting up some resistance, not attacking on the defensive line. Ben, but don't some break. Of these, exactly. Hold them up, maybe let the linebackers do some work. But if you got guys now, and we're starting, we're going to see it, you know, guys that were quote-unquote outside linebackers that are now, you know, sh- shifting down to that, to those outside spots in the forefront. I mean, that's, that's going to be fun to watch. And if these are the types of guys that want to come play, and we all know, get the wins that come with it. I mean, when you've got guys, you know, recruiting analysts and, and, and football writers referring to Ashley Williams as a sack master, you know, uh, somebody that's got the, the get off off the line. I mean, that's that's huge for the defense because and I know we go back and you were joking before about the, you know, watching the 90s on, on repeat. But we had those guys. We had those guys that were doing that day in, day out, game after game, you know on the ends and in the interior, but we just haven't seen that over the last few few years. Yeah, it seems like um, they are going back to recruiting Texas and the South very hard for certain positions, which I, I that's that's where those positions seem to really grow at. The edge rushers are, are really in the southeast part of the country, and that's what we're seeing, and that's where you got to go to get them. Joseph having his connections down there. I'm sure Apple White. Um, I can't remember which one of those two was the primary on this one. Um, Joseph was. Was Joseph it Joseph? Was. Okay, I figured yep. the LA, the Louisiana connection down there mm-hmm. would pay dividends. Um, it, it's just really interesting to see how much this recruiting cycle, the staff has upped their it seemingly skill in one off season. Um, you know, I think last year it was 42nd in the country, and right now they're 26 with the very good possibility if they can, you know, land probably two or three more guys, which I think it may be three or four more guys they end up landing. Uh, the, the the crazy part about it, and yesterday when we, shameless plug, premiered our Church of the Corn radio show on 1620 The Zone. Oh, Saturday, we did? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. 10 oh, my a. gosh, you guys are famous. Oh. Hey, thanks. <laughs> we'll hold for applause and over. The... We had on threes Brian Munson, 
And one of the things he talked about was the numbers of recruits. And we're sitting now, Ashley Williams makes 14. And you just said it, three or four. He thinks that number is close to 18. It was 18 last year. And we're still we're still kind of seeing the impact and effects of that COVID year. And that's going to take a little while to kind of almost work its way through and, and, and let it let it go back out and, and level. But I mean, if you think about that, if there's only three or four more spots, now we all know whether they're leaning towards holding a couple for transfers, if they're, you know, waiting on some attrition, which I think is inevitable, um, probably maybe even before the start of the season, there, there's a good chance maybe a couple guys just take off, you know, before the season starts, they get through fall camp, whatever it might be. We're getting to the place now where if you don't commit, there might not be a spot for you. And if you really want to be here, you know, why are you waiting anyway? But just you're, you hesitate just a little bit and somebody else takes that spot. And we talked about Zalance Hurd and you brought this up yesterday, you know, part of what might be coming in. And you just said he's now, there's a little bit of a lean towards Nebraska uh, and all it, ta- yeah. all it takes. Oh, no, is- no, uh, that's, that's Lenhart. That's the lean. To oh, Nebraska. Lenhart. I'm sorry. But like, but like a, a herd, right. If, if somebody, him or, you know, Lenhart, if, if the, if somebody else commits to a school in front of them, you know, we're still in contention with a good school anyway, but now it just kind of says, Hey, I don't want to miss out on this to Nebraska. So I can't wait around either. So it's going to be interesting who those last three, four, you know, maybe they realize, Hey, we've got the opportunity. Cause if they, if they've got the right guy that they want, they're going to open that up and they're going to say, yeah, let's take 19. Let's take, yep. let's take 20. Cause now we're just, you're just playing that numbers game. So I, it's, it really is amazing to, you said it 42. Uh, yeah. 42 right now, last 27, year, last year, 27, 26. Now um, just really, I don't listen to you. So I don't know if it's 26 or 27. I just kind of tune you out, but that's okay. That's what to, most people do to get to, to get to that 18. That's big. And there's it, for me, it goes to the point throughout the three and nine, throughout what everybody else wants to say. Scott Frost made some tough choices, but he made right now what looks on paper like some of the best choices. And if it flips and the record comes with an 18, where does that go next year? Are we potentially looking at with a seven to eight win season? Are we looking at a top 10 recruiting class? Well, with a seven win season, you're looking at a new head coach. With an eight-win season, yeah, I, I do think you could be potentially looking at a top fifteen class. Um, wow, new head coach at seven and seven. Uh, be, being honest, I, I've I've been on record. I think the number for Frost that he needs to hit is eight. Um, anything less, honestly, I think that's one of the metrics is you've got to hit this certain number. Um, Are you really my opinion on this one? Um, just kind of. Looking at where the program is, where it should be at this point, with a talent on roster, and it, it's honestly, I think Scott Frost had an A plus off season on what he's done on that coaching staff. And we you know we're not going to break down Nebraska here. We're going to wait on Nebraska till right before the Ireland game, of course. Um, but I think Scott's had an A an A plus off season. Um, I honestly don't think that anything that's gone on has could go better than it is right now. You, well, you've that's got all you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's just that. And, and here's another thing, you know, everyone says that Scott Frost can't do this because, you know, it's never been done before. Well, uh, coach has never been able to flip that record. 
Well, also, you got to remember that we are just now in the transfer portal era. You've never been able to get such an infusion of talent this quick. But what it does mean is you're able to, you know, where you're missing on your team, glaring weaknesses, you can fill them immediately with, with talented players that have college experience. You get those transfers in, and then let's double down on that. It's what's happening right now is it's still showing the players want to come here. Correct. And they want to they want to come for the coach. They want to come for the brand. They want to come from the end on the helmet. And that's that's a good thing. And with all of those, if if that can put together and get it, just like all the players that we've talked to have said, it feels right to them. It feels good to them. They can't do anything but succeed. And that's the attitude that they have. And guess what? We're just going to hop on that and go with it because who are we to argue with what the players are saying? Well, exactly. Those are the guys that are inside the wall. Those are the guys that are doing it day in and day out. And, you know, as fans, we can get pissed off and frustrated as we want to when, when, you know, Nebraska is losing. But, you know, me being a fan, I'm not nearly as affected as those guys are and those coaches are that, you know, we have to go watch film and say, well, shit, if I would have done this instead of this, you know, maybe things would have been different. That, yeah. You know, it, it, that's that, those, that's my feelings on it, and everyone can bitch or whatever. I don't give a shit, but my opinion, sorry. That's a, hey, hey, you're you're entitled to it. Uh, this is our podcast, so really, you really that's are. That's true. You just all have to listen you, to it. You, you, you do. <laughs> Um, what do you say we, uh, should we open up the, uh, the good book and, uh, get into our, uh, big scripture series with, uh, our next team? Yeah, let's, let's get into it. Uh, we've taken enough time with Nebraska talk, so let's get, uh, to the Purdue Boilermakers. You know, we, we broke them down a little bit yesterday when we were on, on the, uh, on, on the what fits, what were we on yesterday from eight to 10? Uh, we were on Church of the Corn Radio on 1620 The Zone, 8 to 10 a.m. on Saturdays. Yes, perfect. Shameless plug once again because we can do that. Um, you know, the Purdue Boilermakers went 9-4 and four last year. How insane is this? They went 9-4 and four last year and were still fourth in the division. Yeah, it tells you a lot about, and that's, you know, people are always going to talk about the West, but it, it really was a little bottom heavy last season. Um, there was some, te- you know, teams were beating up on each other, you know, Purdue beats Iowa. They shouldn't, um, Iowa then, you know, whatever it is, it's just, yeah, to be, to have that record, but still sitting at fourth again, it just, just another check mark of just get out of your own way, Nebraska, or insert your favorite school that's in the bottom of the West and you have a legitimate shot to be in contention. So, um, they've got, we're going to get into it here. They've got a lot of work. Um, you know, I, I guess that, that record and still saying that they were fourth in the big 10 really kind of surprises me when, when Jeff Brom is 20, Brom, sorry, is 28, 29 over in his tenure at, at Purdue. I, I would have guessed that number would have been, uh, slanted a little bit more favorably, but, um, it is, it is tough. You know, you've got your, your crossover games, in the, in the East that are, we know are going to be tough and you've got tough competition, um, in the, in the West as well. So what is big, big question? And then we'll break it down, uh, piece by piece. What does Purdue have to do this season to, I guess it's sad to say remain fourth or better. So top half of the West, but have, have a better overall record. You know, honestly, I, I think their biggest missing component at this point is is honestly, 
I, you know, I'm struggling between the defensive line and the wide receiver room. And you can make it a very easy case for both. I'm going to go with, I know Aiden O'Connell is a very experienced quarterback, but I'm still going to go with that receiver room slightly over the defensive line room because for the mere fact that not only did they lose Rondale Moore, you know, uh, I believe it was two years ago or Three last year. Yep. yep. So they lost him. Um, this year they also lost, I think it was their top three receivers, David Bell. He's with the Cardinals, I believe, right now. Milton Wright, who I think is suspended academically, and then Jackson Anthrop. So their top three wide receivers from last year are gone. I don't care how experienced your quarterback is, that's pretty tough to bounce back from and and, and think that that's going to be a seamless transition, isn't it? Well, if you could break it down, the amount of productivity that's now been lost positive is there's plays to be made for these guys coming in and they've got the two are they going to come in and 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 be ready to go and and be clicking on all cylinders to start i doubt it and they they open and we'll get to the schedule later on they don't open up with with a a cupcake no a lot of a lot of teams do it's 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 actually one of the better um early slated Big Ten, yeah, Big Ten games, uh, yeah, week one. The benefit for um, them is they get them at home, though. Yeah. That's, well, I'm just going to say who it is for their game one. It's Penn State. You get yeah. Penn State at home. I mean, honestly, Purdue's field is so shitty that it, it is an extraordinarily home field advantage. So, I mean, we know how many ACLs that that thing's taking on Nebraska's team alone. Just in warm-ups. Yeah, literally mean, just in fucking warm-ups. It, it is just straight garbage. So, you know, you just you, you put that in, but there is production to be had. So they've got a lot to make up. I just until you start to see, OK, do they have a, a deep threat? Do they have because and we know, OK, Aiden O'Connell, 72 percent, um, 3,700 yards. I would bet and I'm going to let our stats department look this up and we'll get back. Depth of target was probably less than 10 yards because they have that. They want to dink, dink and, dunk. and dunk. They want to get the ball in the playmaker's hands and let them do the work after the fact. Swing passes, which are a favorite staple of Husker fans. We know that. Um, you know, screens and things like that, running it, maybe uh, bringing a, and we've seen this before too, you bring that receiver into the backfield and you let him go and you try to get him on a route and isolate him with a, probably a linebacker. But I, I, if, they can't, if they can't stretch it out um, and if their offensive line that's good at all. So you got all these components that determine whether these wide receivers are going to be any good at all. Well, speaking of wide receiver, I don't want to no. interrupt you. I'm going but, to say no. But did you know Luke McCaffrey is a wide receiver and he's at Rice? He's a wide receiver at Rice. It's interesting. Um, moment, but oh, I was going to say I was just going to go off on a tangent and say that it, you know it's too bad that we didn't maybe try him there. And oh wait, um, but yeah. So what is that school number three? <laughs> Uh, actually it is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, enough about about Luke, but no, it's because Aiden O'Connell's not going to stretch out the plays. You know, he's not, he's not running. He's no, he's he's a, he's a statue back there. there. Yeah. He is Um, back there to throw. He's an accurate kid though, for the most part. Well, I mean, no, he's one of those guys that there's such high highs that the, and there's low lows. I mean, 
he's a guy that can put up five touchdowns in the game, but he's also going to give you three interceptions, like the game against mm-hmm. Tennessee. He's going to, you know, beat Ohio State, but then he's going to lose to this team. You know, he's kind of one of those guys that you don't really know what you're getting. Um, but going back to that wide receiver um, thought, you know, basically where I thought they kind of need to improve the most, their wide receiver coach, uh, Jamarcus Shepard, is one of the top wide receiver coaches in the country, though, with what he's able to do in developing wide receivers. Um, after putting multiple of them in the league, you know, with, with Moore and Bell, I mean, obviously those guys were a little bit more, I don't want to say freakish, but they're, they're, they were kind of freaky athletes. Um, do you think that with uh, the two one? Do you think Jamarcus Shepard getting those guys in will be able to kind of work his magic again? He doesn't have a choice. That's that's the. the I mean, he, he literally answer, doesn't but, have a choice. But um, being one of the top I, guys in the country, do you think he can kind of put his spin on it a little quicker because they are experienced guys? I think so, and it probably benefits those guys that they're coming in and probably walking into first team reps in this, you know, the summer workouts that get in first team reps come fall. Um, and it's theirs, it's theirs to lose a little bit. Um, if they can, if they can get, you know, into the playbook now, and that's the crazy part. We think as Husker fans, we see, you know, and we ask all the time, why isn't player X player Y player Z playing, you know, and we hear playbook, we hear playbook, we hear playbook, but now, that started to shift a little bit, but other schools, you know, these guys come in, whether it's based on necessity or ability, it's, it's like, Hey, you can play. We will find ways to get you on the field. We will find ways to, to get you the ball. And it, and if Shepard can, um, we get, they do those sorts of things. It's going to breed, it's going to bring some success. It's going to bring some success. Now I'm going to, I'm going to stay on the offensive side of the ball. We started this with talking about what is it going to take for Purdue to stay fourth or better in the Big Ten West and have a better overall record, they have got to figure something out with their running game. That is, it's atrocious. They were averaging yeah. less than three yards a carry. They, I think they broke 100 yards three times, and they don't have, they don't have a bell cow. They don't have a, a 1A. You know, if, if Apple White was there, I don't know if he'd, if he'd quit. Or if he would just say, "What you know, let's just throw 87 times. Well, I think they, they actually to. just had uh, one of their running backs. I believe his name is Samson James. I thought he may have just put his name back in the transfer portal um, in Purdue. I, yeah, I thought that I, I should look that up before I go say that on a fucking podcast. But um, Samson James. But, um, well, yeah, no, he is one that, uh, honestly, I kind of thought he was – Yep, nope, he did enter the transfer portal again. So, yeah, I guess he is leaving Purdue. But he was a guy that I thought was going to do some things. But crazy thing, um, with the amount of yards that Purdue put up in the running game, they barely broke 1,000 yards on the season total between everyone. And I think there was about 11 or 12 guys that touched the ball. Um because I believe Aiden O'Connell lost. It was either a 120 or 230 yards, basically sacks. Um, yeah, they barely broke a thousand yards. It was like 1,012 yards on the year total. Well, and you don't. I mean, Purdue fans could tell us a lot better, and may, oh, maybe they couldn't because you just talked about it. Eleven or twelve guys are are getting a, a carry here and there um, over the season. King Doru Doru, excuse me, is the name. 
but there's two or three other guys and they know that it could be, could be a series at a time. Um, it's not like they're just working, working one and you know that they want to pass first and their pass. And it's not hard to break down. 72% tells you they're not, he's not pushing the ball. Could be to the, probably to block a lot. They're in there to, you know, maybe open, you know, a couple yards here and there and then get right back to the pass. So if we just, if they could establish even something on the ground, then that receiver room that so we're so unsure about becomes a talking point in a positive way. Question for you though. Can they do it? Do they have to run the ball? Because Brom doesn't seem to be a proponent of running the ball. And I'm just going to go back to an, a big upset that happened within the last five years, Ohio State. Sorry, Buckeyes fans. You know, when they did upset Ohio State, it was feeding Rondell more of the ball and letting him be an athlete. Not necessarily with the run game, but they kind of screened it to him. They got it to him all over the field. So do they necessarily need to run the ball, or do they just need to essentially do what Whipple wants to do and just get the ball to his best players? I think that's what they've done, but – I don't know if that's what they that's what the plan is and what they want to do or do you think they, they do it out of necessity? I think so. I don't they weren't a, they're, they're not avoiding the run. It's just they were bad at it. Yeah. And they just really didn't get, get much of a push. No, and it goes I mean they averaged last season 84 yards a game on the ground. And just I mean honestly imagine if that was just let's double that. So they've got 168 yards. Did you see what I just did there? You did math. Fast math. I know. Um, I'll I'm, pr- tell my I'm daughter, proud of you. you. She just she had a calculator over here. You can't see her. But um, 100, 100, and I just dropped it. 168 yards a game. Oh, I fucking wish imagine, you messed that up. I, <laughs> that would have been imagine, so sweet. Imagine what what happens now. Some of those those passes that you know maybe are going for twelve yards or going for twenty four yards, thirty six, whatever it is, because they there's at least a little bit of a threat. Um, yeah, it's just that is, uh, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see if they if they even try to establish it, um, if they get after it at all. Um, they have to try because it it only helps your team, but you know otherwise they are they're playing a risky game because. All it takes is, uh, you know, the bad elements, bad weather, a couple different things to go, uh, a tip ball and a pick six, and they're, you know, they're, they can they can come back because they're they're ability ability and willingness to throw, but at any point in time, if they get up, they it's not like they're going to run out the clock. It's not like they're going to be able to run, you know, and just churn out some yards to to end the game. So. I don't know. That'll be that'll be for me the the most interesting part to watch and 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 see uh, where that run game goes because their offense was doing enough last year, but their defense was able to to keep them in the games. What do you do? You think that's going to be the case again this year? Yeah, yeah. I I think that defense uh, with losing Karloftis uh, and that edge rusher who is but is just a freaky athlete for his size I think he's going to be sorely missed they do have some guys on that side of the ball um it does sound like they're going through another coaching change I believe with the defensive coordinator again I think that's the fourth one in four years which usually is never a good sign but you know one thing I did want to bring up because as much as it sounds like we're shitting on Purdue 
Purdue fans, we're not. Uh, you're still in, had a nine and four team last year that, just for reference, started off two and zero. You know, you lose to Notre Dame, lose to Minnesota, beat Illinois. But here's the thing: you beat number two Iowa, which twenty four seven. I mean, that's insane to me. Um, lose to Wisconsin, beat Nebraska. You beat Michigan State, which was number three at the time. Lose to Ohio State, but who hasn't done that? And then you end the year at Tennessee. I mean, if if you're a Nebraska fan, sign me up for that. That that you know every time. If if you get blown out in one game a year, now I know what Nebraska fans are going to say. Bowden got blown out one game per year. I don't give a fuck. Give us that now. I'm sure we'd sign up for it. You know, we didn't know what we had with Bo apparently, but his defense as it got into the Big Ten wasn't performing as great as we've seen when record numbers got put up by Wisconsin. Um, so I, I, I guess Emily at this point, I don't know what to make of Purdue. I really don't. I know what's You're, good about them, but I also know what's glaring and bad about them. Yeah, there's no, there's, they're, they're not hiding anything. There's no mystery to that part of it. It just really comes down. The mystery is, what are you going to get week in and week out? Correct. Because um, you, you get a high high when you beat Michigan State, who's number three, and then you get blown out the next or the next day or the next week against Ohio State. So it's like you get a high high and a, such a low low. Maybe it's a low low. I mean, everyone got blown out by Ohio State. So. Well, and I I think if you know I'm going to go back to how we started this. Like, what do they have to do? to stay at fourth or, or achieve better than fourth in the Big Ten West, um, eclipse the – they've got to be able to stop the run. They can't run, but they got to be able to stop the run. Um, they gave up over 280 yards to Tennessee in the in the bowl game, but they were you know, doing that a lot. And if they can find a way to not put so much pressure on their defense – um, get them off the field at times. And every school, every school goes through, goes through this and would say the same thing. You know, you can't put that much wear and tear on your defense and then hope when it, when it comes down to the nitty gritty that they're, they're going to be able to stand up and, and do, you know, do a bang up job. But if they can stop the run with that D line uh, help from their line linebackers, they got a chance then because their offense can do enough to keep them in, to keep them in some games. Now, no, they do it against Michigan State. Michigan State, we saw, we saw that. It's, I, I think they probably were, and we'll we'll get to them down the line too. But um, probably better than they should have been. But at the same time, Purdue did it. Um, Purdue couldn't couldn't get out of, uh, you know, couldn't get over Wisconsin. But Wisconsin's defense was elite. We know that, you know, one in, number one in the country and top ten in most categories. That's a that's a hard that's a hard ask. So um, they can stop the run. Uh, clean some things up that way uh, they've got a legitimate shot yeah um yeah that's i mean that's that's really that defense coordinator i think will earn his money this year um i think offensively they're going to be fine I'm, i i will never be worried about purdue on offense um seemingly they can always just pluck a quarterback um that can fit well into their scheme and do exactly what they need them to do which is be an accurate passer even going back to you know like Drew Brees and stuff I mean he, 
he's got an arm where he could throw it deep before his injury, but he's always been a very, very accurate passer. I mean, that's that's seemingly what every Purdue quarterback can't seem to find. So you're saying that Aiden O'Connell hits the seven-yard slant on time, and it goes for 27 yards. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, hits uh... the tight end, hits the tight end drag across the middle on time, in hands, and in front, and that goes for 27 yards. Yeah, it hits in so the gap between that middle linebacker and that outside linebacker hits it so he can put a foot in the ground and cut up field. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it does It does make a little difference where they uh, where you get that thrown to, but, you know, and I, I completely forgot about this, but Purdue actually did have a, um, a quarterback recruit uh, who's a, a four-star quarterback commit this week um and i'm actually pulling him up right now recruit should have done this ahead of time but i didn't because i'm not prepared for things um, it'll create suspense and tension yeah that's what it is um i just thought i was just not prepared and um didn't do research before the show Nah, i did um but anyway where the fuck is it nope there it is ricky collins i believe his name is uh He's slight, but then again, we got to remember we're talking about the 2023 class, not the 2022 class. We're talking about next year's class. Um, so yeah. they've got a four star coming in. So if when O'Connell leaves because he is a senior this year, they don't leave the cupboard bare. There will be a talented freshman in there that's passing. He could be a uh, that kind of dual threat guy that could really maybe take Purdue to the next level. Because you got to watch for his legs at that point too. Yeah, and. Just on the here and now, O'Connell's what they have because Plummer left. You know, whatever's behind him must not be much uh, or else we'd be hearing about it. There'd be some talk of competition or getting pushed. So it's it's uh, ride or die with, with O'Connell. Um, and then probably starting with a, like you said, probably uh, there's a good chance a true freshman is starting next season for Purdue. Is it weird that Purdue <laughs> – I, I probably shouldn't say it this way, but is it weird that we're talking about Purdue like they have a chance to possibly be top three in the conference? I mean, traditionally, okay. you, you think of Purdue and you think it's a downtrodden program outside of a few select years. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to shit on the program, but it's just you're not used to seeing them up there. It's almost like a, a Minnesota. You're not used to seeing them up there because for so long they were kind of a downtrodden program. Well, and they were they were just they were a trip up a team here and there. They they'd make some some games, but they just didn't have the whole package. And so, we're, when we get to the schedule, I'm gonna I want to come back to this because what you just said that that as crazy as it is to say that they could be top three in the conference, it is directly indicative of that schedule. Well, you just want to jump into the schedule and talk. Let's do it. All right, we can get it pulled up, and I mean, as, Let's keep as, this train rolling, the shit show rolling, as you said. No train, Purdue Boilermakers train. Come on, oh. come on. Oh. oh, if we had, if we had a quality Hello, third darkness, person my for old our friend. podcast, you would be gone. I can't do this myself. Oh, you act like you're doing all the heavy lifting here. I tell you, who's not doing any heavy lifting? Twelve ounces at a time. I was going to throw Drake under the bus, but I'll, if I do that, I feel like an I feel like an asshole at this point because he's not here with us tonight. So let's, um, just, let's just keep on the theme. Just throw him in front of the train. Tie him on the tracks. 
Well, so I was, you know, I was going to get into Breaking Bad because that was the last episode that was on. But no, we're going to talk about Purdue's schedule. So we, they open up against Penn State. It's at home. I mean, what what what's your thoughts on that? Because to me, that's that's a tough week one game. And grant you get them at home, but that's still a tough game. You know, Penn State, as much as they have their moments, I mean, every team has their moments, but they've been able to find some ways to win. Um, their defense usually comes ready to play. And that's – it's going to be interesting because if Purdue's offense is going, you know, the defense is usually, um, you know, better off, better suited at the early times of the season. That's kind of – you know, we see that in the spring. We see that early fall camp where the defense starts to get the better of some things. Um, but if Purdue's offense is is rolling as far as the passing game, I think that's an that's that's an interesting game. Um, you know, do you? It'll be for me. I'll be curious to see when you know, ten days, fourteen days out, when maybe some of those early lines come out. Is that a on on Penn State as well? But um, you know, let's. I know you're going to ask what the – I'm just stalling for time. You know, um, I'm not even going to ask your – I'm not – you know, if you don't want to give me a win-loss, you don't have to. No, I, I want to. I want to because I, I – I, it's very – this is more interesting with this team based on the question you asked before and based on this overall schedule. So I'm going to say Purdue starts and they struggle and they lose to Penn State. First game out. I'm going to say they – I'm going to I'm going to go this far. I'm going to say this Purdue team – could start 4 and 0 and will start 4 and 0. If they start if they start 4 and 0, they might as well start 5 and 0. And then there's a good chance that they're 6 and 0. I don't think they beat I don't think they beat either Minnesota or Maryland. I think they're sitting 4 and 2 after okay, 6 so, games. So not to not to go to brush past. So they're you you're saying a win against Penn State. I think they beat Penn State. They beat Indiana State. I think they beat Syracuse. I think they beat FAU because, you know, three of the four, first four games are at home, and Syracuse in the Carrier Dome isn't what they were under Baber, under Dino Babers previous. So, um, And then they get the uh, row, row, row the boats in Minneapolis. And I think yeah. DJ Fleck pulls something, and and I'm the thing about Minnesota is I think a lot of it depends on how Ibrahim comes back from that Achilles yeah, injury, yeah. which I really hope that kid comes back. I mean, granted, he is a, it's part of a rival team, but when you see a kid that's a senior now coming back that comes off that kind of injury, you just want that kid to do well. You you just want to see him succeed, maybe not against Nebraska, but you want to watch him succeed, and you want to you want to hope that that kid can make it to the league because I honestly thought he was a draft pick. Yeah, he's got you know it's it's never flashy. You know I don't know if there's if if his style and not to go on Minnesota here, but if his style translates to what the game is now because um, it seems like he gets he gets better as the game goes on. Um, but I don't know. That'll be, that'll be interesting that, and that's that I'll tell you right now, that's a big scripture. I am definitely looking forward to is, is breaking down Minnesota. So, uh, we'll, we'll hold off on that. That'll be an interesting one. Well, so now that I'm looking at the schedule, 
there is a five-game stretch. So, yeah, I had them starting off 4-0, beating Penn State, Indiana State, Syracuse, FAU. I have them losing now to Minnesota, Maryland, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa. Did you just completely flip your... Because didn't you say they were going to beat Minnesota? No, no, earlier? no. I said Minnesota oh, okay. was going to beat them. I, I said oh, okay. they were going to go 4-0 going into that game, and then Minnesota beats them. Okay. So I think Minnesota, Maryland, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, I think they lose their next five games. So I think they're... I kind of... I. I think they beat Maryland. They lose to Penn State, um, Minnesota. Uh, so they are four and two heading into playing Nebraska in their end at West Lafayette. So, um, you know, we don't know. We don't know what Nebraska is going to be at that point. But uh, I think I think there's a good chance that they they are four and three heading into Wisconsin. Four and four after Wisconsin. And the reason I think between Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, that they lose those four games especially is just because I don't think the defense will be able to slow down the run game. And I think those teams are going to hammer the run game. You, you would hope, and we've all yelled at the, at the screen because we're questioning why isn't team X and team X being Nebraska running the ball when a team's giving up 74 yards a carry, you know? And so do other teams, do they find their, do they find that mindset? Do they stick with it? If that's, what's going to do it, you know, it's hard to tell, but I I'm, I'm done with this. I'm over this right now because I can't, I can't wait. They don't play Michigan, Michigan state, Ohio state, Purdue. If they can get a couple of these wins, they've got every chance in the world. It's ridiculous. The schedule sets up pretty favorably. I'm just, you break that down. I feel like I'm looking at Iowa's schedule the past 15 years. It's crazy. What, like how, this is what, this is. It's one of the oh. most man, manageable schedules I've seen for a team. Um, you know, I, I, I would like to say Purdue could upset a lot of these teams. They really could. I don't count them out in a lot of those games. I just, I think the defense is going to be what lets them down. And then your last three games, you've got you kind of fight the state of Illinois in two straight games. Illinois and the Northwestern, you finish up with Indiana, you know, a rivalry game. Yeah. Um, man, I do not have Purdue finishing well. Ow. It's not fair, Western. But I, I think they lose to Illinois, and I'll, I don't want to give it to Indiana, but I don't want to disrespect Indiana because, you know, you know how that goes when you disrespect them. doesn't go well. They're, well. they're disrespected because we didn't start with them in our big scripture series. Yeah, that's so true. Real we've already, assholes, we, aren't we? we? That, that ship's already sailed. Tom Allen's going to get us. I, you look at this schedule, you know, there's just like if they can't stop the run, they're going to struggle with Minnesota. That middle part of the schedule well, is probably tough. Penn State. Penn State, for sure, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle with Minnesota if they can't stop the run. They're going to struggle with Wisconsin. They're going to struggle with or Nebraska. They're going to struggle with Wisconsin because they, that 13-year-old running back they have, I mean, he's going to go full-on high school and just run all over. You know, that's always the, the wild card because Purdue seems to have their number. Illinois wants to run. I mean, they we, we know that. They're going to put 
nine guys across the line of scrimmage, quarterback, running back, and say, stop us. And we're going to try to run it 17 different ways. Um, I, I, I think there's six and six. Um, Indiana State, Syracuse, Florida, there's three. They're going to have – you said it. They're going to have a long stretch. I say they do get Maryland because Maryland's not going to run like, – try to run as much and you know there might that could just be that could be like a 54 to 49 type of game yeah that could be a shootout um northwestern so i i'm trying to do some math here one two three four five two now if they upset iowa that obviously goes in their their favor huge for the overall record but it could come down to their game on November 26th at Indiana to try to get to six wins and bowl eligible. I honestly think that's, that's where this could be. There's some Purdue fans could probably be, they're going to be screaming at us, but there's probably some that are shaking their heads in agreement. Like, yeah, God, unfortunately that I, I could see the same thing trying to get to the six wins at the last game of the season. That's fine. I'm sure we've had Nebraska fans yell at us for the same thing, so it is what it is. Um, yeah, I, I think the floor for this team is, I'm going to say, four and eight. I think the ceiling is probably nine wins again. I think that's that's the big I, that's the best I could see from them. But I, I think they've got such a wide swing that that middle part of the schedule is going to make or break their schedule, in all honesty, or their, their record. Um I think it's going to be a tough, tough year for them with all they've got to replace, though. I think it's you're asking them to replace a lot, and anytime you've got a whole new receiving core. Now, granted, they do receive, they do bring back their receiving tight end, who was one of their, I believe, their fourth leading receiver last year. So it's not like they don't have a guy that can take up the middle of the field and be very good at it. I just don't know what they've got on the outside as of right now that can really get it done on a consistent basis. But I, I just picture it quite a few of these games where they they can't stop it down a little bit. Um, and now they're trying to play catch up yep. and a defensive score goes against them. You know, they throw a pick six. Or, I mean, it's you when know, you're pressing, forcing, it's easy to do. It, exactly right. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. Now, obviously, we uh, we don't know too much anyway. But, um, you know, this could this could flip on its head and they could be – 10 and two for all we know, but I just don't see it. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle um, to, to see Now, again, they start off hot though. You know, it changes everything. And Nebraska fans know the same thing. If Northwestern has to go their way. And if, if Purdue gets the win against Penn state, it changes, you know, the tenor of things. So uh, we'll have to wait. We'll have to definitely wait and see. And that is a good, that's a good week one, um, game to 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 watch and um i think you're going to have some husker fans being a little bit more in tune to a lot of games uh during the season as we as we kind of watch to see what are we what are we looking at as far as our upcoming opponents so that's what and that also that makes it more enjoyable as well because now you've got some vested interest in 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 other teams um not just your own trying to uh can we get the can we get the second win? Can we get the fourth win? Can we get the, you know, and on and on? Yep, exactly. And that's, and that's kind of why I'm hoping, uh, you know, when we are doing these big scriptures, you know, we can bring in those other fan bases to say, oh, well, these guys don't just talk about Nebraska football. They are knowledgeable about our team, but also to help, you know, Husker fans that don't have time to watch all these games get a little bit of knowledge and a little bit more background, you know, from these 
uh, different teams and coaches and different things like that. I will let me say, ask you, let yeah. me ask you a quick one. Sorry to interrupt. No, what's up? So I, I mentioned it before. Jeff Brom is 28 and 29. Yep. Let's just say cut down the middle. He goes six and six. You were going right so, where I was going anyway. So, so he's, he's now 34 and, and 35. You're doing some math there. So he's 34 and 35. So he's just, I mean, it's, it's level. Let's say he yeah, does yeah. worse. He's pretty much just a hair under 500 at that point. Yeah. Does that put him on the hot seat? I mean, again, I'm not, I need to dive in a little bit more. I don't, I don't think the hot seat at Purdue uh, heats up like the hot seat at Nebraska, the hot seat at, at Michigan state, the hot seat at, you know, other but schools. I do feel like he was on the hot seat a couple of years back before the first nine and four season. I, I feel like he was. Maybe I'm mistaken in thinking well, of someone it, else, but you're probably right though, because look at look at what's happened though. You just you said it before. Four defensive coordinators in four years. It's usually There's a not a good sign unless you're Alabama. Not well, because yeah, because they're getting a promotion. Yeah, that's or they're yeah. taking over, you know, they're getting their own program, whatever. So um they're coming out of that factory, but so you're probably right, though, that there was some talk. And, you know, and again, we can't we have, we don't have a leg to stand on as Nebraska fans because we're watching that unfold right in front of us. Um, but does that talk does that talk ramp up a little bit? Because at some point in time, you know, Iowa fans, we had this is the debate we have all the time. Well, yes, it matters to us and it matters to Purdue fans and they want to win. So does that does that put him in a spot where, you know what, this is not good enough? I think it heats up a little bit, but I don't think he's on the hot seat. I think he would have to really bottom out this year and still – I still think he'd get another year. I think most coaches are given the chance to get the nuclear button at this point to where, hey, you can replace everybody or you can get replaced. You know, Purdue, if he were to bottom out uh, you know, uh, this upcoming year, I don't see him completely bottoming out, but – I don't know. I also have him only winning four game, five games. So, so yeah, I and I gave him the benefit of that with six, and that's, you know, if they if they were to do that, a lot of their, you know, probably their eight, ten best returning players are all juniors and seniors. Um, if you're heavy like that on what you're depending on, is that the time that if they do go four and eight, they go five and seven, six and six, um, is that the time to to make that change so that a new coach has some younger guys can work with them. You know, you, you've got the transfer portal. We've seen that at Michigan state. Uh, we're seeing that at Nebraska, to be honest. Um, and then, you know, you bring in, you start to make that change there. So I think for Purdue, there's a lot, it really is two polar opposites that could happen. It could be really good. And they get to that nine and three, nine and four, like you, we talked about and they were last year, or it could be, dare I say, just a complete train wreck and <laughs> they, thank you. Well, well done. I was, I was building up to that, um, that they could be, you know, four and eight, five and seven. So uh, it'll be, it'll be an interesting team to watch. Um, sometimes maybe with your uh, fingers over your eyes, just kind of open like, Oh, this is, this is hard to watch, but we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. That's why they play the games on the field and not with dumbasses like us talking about it. Um, question for you. If Jeff Brom were to get into a fight with Tom Allen, who do you think would win and get that rivalry trophy? I'm talking a fist fight here. Back to do you think Tom Allen him. would just talk about disrespect and then Jeff Brom would try and throw a pass or a punch over his head? Like, 
How do you think this it's is funny. all going to work? It's funny you said throw a pass. I mean, that was a, a little bit of a, a little a, Freudian a slip, slip there. Yeah, but it, it fits. Um, I I see what you did there. Fits. I I feel like I want to go. I want to go look at the tail of the tape here, but I think I think Brom isn't Brom like a bit like a bigger. A staunchier guy than Allen. I think he's a bigger fella. I think Tom Allen's a little guy. Yeah, I. The, Jesus, the disrespect we're giving them right now. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with 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 Brom. <laughs> All right. So, do you think Such a do you, dumbass question? Do you think Brom could beat up Coach Boyfriend, aka um, Fitzgerald? Fitzgerald's a big dude. Oh, Pat from the Fighting Northwesterns. Yeah. I always see, for me, Pat Fitzgerald is when you squint a little bit. It's just for me throw on a throw on a chain, some high tops and jean shorts, and it's John Cena coaching well, the Purple Pride of Evanston. You couldn't um, see him because you, nobody can see John Cena. Wow! Wow! We are. We are losing. We are losing listeners one bad pun at a time tonight. So um, this is what happens yeah, when there's only two of us. <laughs> like it would be any better if we had the trifecta. Come on now. Yeah, touche. Come on now. So you're you're saying produce four and eight. Um, I say six and six. It gives me a little room for air. Um, and if then we're game is humming, they've got a shot to be better than we're giving them credit for. They've got the shot. Accurate? Yep. I think if they get that passing game going and that D line can step up, I think that's when they'll finish on the plus side. If they can get those two those things going, honestly, I really do feel like they can win eight games. Take a very, very small step back. Um, and then I'm obviously not including a bowl game here, but I feel like they could be in the same area if everything clicks. You're just asking for a lot to click this year with a lot of replacement. You are because I just I keep coming I keep thinking back. You, Moore and Bell, Moore and Bell, right? Bell, if if he has a game where he he goes for himself two hundred and ten yards, he gets you know eighteen catches or whatever it is. There's not that guy on the team, and they don't have time to give that two years to to get that guy in sync like that. I just don't I just don't see it happening. I I really think and you're probably closer than, than I was on it. I think they are going to have a, a tough year. Again, the schedule completely favors them to tell me just to go to hell, and I'm completely wrong. But they've still, they've still got to win those games. And they were fourth last year because what was below them to be a little bit better. Minnesota to be a little bit better. Iowa to not give that game away and be better because we know that they have the potential. So um, it all, that's, yeah, they're, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle this year. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't want to beat a dead horse any more than we already have with that, but um, I only got one more thing. Fitz, you got anything else? No, I just, you're, I just keep trying to find a way to, to spin it and make it positive, but it's just really it's really tough. So oh, it's my apologies, tough with, Boilermaker fans. Yeah, uh, sorry, Boilermaker fans. We tried to gussy this one up. And, hey, if we're wrong, we're wrong. But uh, if we're right, 
We won't rub it in, don't worry. Um, one thing I did want to say really quick to everybody that's listening to the podcast and got a chance to listen to the radio show on 1620 The Zone from 8 to 10 every Saturday morning with Fitz, myself, and Drake. Just want to say thank you to you, you guys for uh, tuning in. Um, are you going to cry? Fuck no. Okay. Um, <laughs> are you going to make me cry? Absolutely not. Well, you might be drunk, so possibly. Um, getting back to it, just want to thank everybody for all the support and everything. Um, obviously, none of this is possible without you guys, um, without people to listen to us, interact with us, and different things like that, and just let us generally be dipshits. So we really appreciate you guys more than we could uh, ever tell you guys. So thanks for joining in, everybody. Um, it's It's been a fun journey, and it's going to keep on going. We're just going to keep expanding. So... Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I got. So Fitz, you got anything else? I don't just, uh, st- uh so grateful. Um, it's, it's, it's been fun. It's something that I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen and where this was going to go. And the fact that we got to do something like we did yesterday, uh, born out of this and, um, let's, let's give credit to where credit is due and, and, and thank our man, Jimmy Allen as well. Um, but uh, I'll tell you what, I've been, even since yesterday, uh, as we kind of go back through, we all talked about it. We're going to, we're going to listen to the tape. We're going to, we're going to get better. Um, we're not going to sit on our laurels and, and be satisfied with, with one show. Uh, but, uh, but I cannot wait to, until we get to do that Saturday morning show on August 27th. I mean, how cool is that going to be, you know, when they're going to be kicking off across the pond an hour and a half after we get done. I mean, that's just going to be, you know, that's going to be a lot of fun. And we've got some, we've got some cool things coming down. So for those of you that listen to this and listen to the radio show, uh, we, we put some stuff out there, but we're going to, we're going to be looking at doing some, some fantasy football leagues uh, through the radio. We're going to be looking at getting some, some uh, analysts to, to give us some ideas. So uh, we will find ways for you guys to uh, get your questions answered, to get involved and just make this, uh, this, uh, Husker community, uh, through the podcast and the radio is, is, as big as we want it. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, we want to be able to interact with you guys as much as possible and give you guys as much content and as, uh, make, you know, just stuff you're going to enjoy as, as much as possible. So that's the connections that we're trying to make. And, um, you know, so far so good. We've done some great things. So, um, you know, just again, everybody, thank you all so much for listening. Um, to the big scripture check out the radio show we put that out through spotify and apple and everything all the usual things so um check us out on there and uh check out all the episodes like us subscribe all that kind of good stuff but uh thanks everybody appreciate it have a great night members of the congregation let's raise our kool-aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were are and forever will be nebraska cornhuskers Go Big Red.